that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Question, what can you do when your sins find you out? In other words, when your sins go public, it becomes public record. Everybody knows about it. Maybe they can look on the internet and found out uh, and find out, oh man, that guy, he did this or she did that. In other words, everybody knows about it. What can you do when your sins find you out? You know, I think of some of these, uh, I think it's called Crime Stopper magazines. I've actually picked one of those up before. And I started looking through it, and, you know, and, well, first of all, I almost, you know, made fun of some of the people because they're, you know, they've got this big smile on their face. You know, this guy, he's caught maybe a DUI or he's caught stealing something. He's got this big grin on his face, and I'm thinking to myself, goodness gracious, if, if crime makes you that happy, maybe I'm missing something. I need to get, in, uh, get into a new line of business or something. But, you know, that's what I mean by when your sin finds you out. It goes public. It becomes public knowledge. And you have to live with this fact that for the rest of your life, people know what you've done. People know the crime that you committed. What do you do when your sin finds you out? Well, let's take a look at a verse here. It talks about this. Numbers 32 and verse 23. It says, But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. There's the statement. Be sure, understand it, you can put it in your pipe and smoke it, that your sin is going to find you out, especially without repentance, and especially when it's the type of forward, you know, what I call stiff neck, rebellious type of sin, where you just go headlong into it. It's going to find you out. It will one day find you out. Now, let's consider something, though. The only difference between you and the person whose sin have just been found out is that your sins haven't been found out yet. At least not yet, okay? That's the only difference, you know. And a lot of times we can get very judgmental, you know, about this person that their sin has found them out. They've been, they've been you know, public record. Okay, well, the only difference, though, is that your sin hasn't been found out. Not yet. You know, one time I did this little theatrical play where it was called God's Camera. And the idea was that there was a camera in church that every service, every time you went to church service, you had to stand in front of this camera. And this camera was called God's Camera. It was able to dissect, you know, the whole spirit of man. And it would portray on a screen what that person had been up to. Okay. And so every Sunday, you know, you have to, you know, after you get through praising the Lord and in it, no, great, great to know the Lord and, and I, I love Jesus, then you had to stand in front of the camera. And uh, all of a sudden, it shows you looking at internet pornography. You know, it shows you shacked up with your boyfriend or whatever. You know, it just portrays what you've been doing the past week. It was sort of a cool idea, at least I thought it was, that 
if there was such a thing as God's camera at church and uh, you had to stand in front of it. Probably wouldn't be nobody at church, but that might be a good thing. Well, anyway, what do you do when your sin finds you out? Let's take a look at uh, what causes a person's sins to be found out. All right, Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 11. It says, whenever a sentence for a crime is not carried out swiftly, the human mind becomes determined to commit evil. Now, one of the reasons here that sins find us out is that there is this, because punishment is not carried out swiftly, you know, in other words, you think, I got away with it, and I got away with it again, and I got away with it again, you know. And the heart becomes hardened and determined to keep doing it repetitiously. That's part of the problem because we, you know, our justice system is just not that swift in executing quickly a sentence. You know, it might be 20 years before they hand down a sentence. So because it's not speedily done so, our hearts are hardened and we are determined and we think, I got away with it again. All right. Psalms 10 and verse 11. He has said in his heart, God has forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see. Now the second point here is about how our sins find us out is that the idea that God just doesn't care. You know, you're on dangerous ground when you get into that mode that God just doesn't care. And you could, it's, easily, it's easy to get there. Because, you know, you do things and nothing happens. You think, well, I got away with that. And God must be asleep. You know, and, and you start thinking that God doesn't care. Uh-oh, that's, that's the turning point right there. Uh, okay, Isaiah 29 and verse 15. It says, Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, and they say, Who sees us and who knows us? In other words, the idea is no one knows, no one sees. Repetitious, hardening, hardening of the heart, uh, I will never be found out. And you sort of, I tell you what, people get to the point where they think they're above the law. We've got a president that thinks he's above the law. He's above the Constitution. Constitution's not important. And so he thinks he's above that. Very dangerous ground when you start, especially in your leadership, when you've got people who think they're above the, the law. No, everybody should submit to the authorities that be. But it's very dangerous ground when you think you're above the law. All right. Our ability to, and then, and then if we, there's another element here. We have this gross ability to justify the things that we do. And we have this gross ability to deceive ourselves. I heard of a story, I think John Bradshaw told this story. He's a head shrink or something like that. But he was interviewing a man who had molested his own daughter. Molested his own daughter. And he asked her, John asked this man, well, why didn't, instead of molesting your daughter, why didn't you just hire a prostitute? You know, why did you do this to your own daughter? Why didn't you just hire a prostitute if you wanted to have sex? And the man bristled up and said, and what? Cheat on my wife? Now, you talk about an idiotic, gross uh, ability to justify and self-deception. 
You know, in his mind, that was wrong to cheat on his wife. But it was okay to molest his own daughter. You know, I don't know. I mean, again, the human spirit, the human ability for self-deception, to deceive oneself, to trick oneself, and the ability to justify the things that we do, it is, you, you are never, you will never, it never ceases to, to, to you know, just, it will amaze you the ability to justify ourselves and to come up with excuses why we are doing what we are doing. So what can you do when your sin finds you out? Okay, number one. First thing you gotta realize is that God is a lot more forgiving than people. I think you already, already knew that, but I just need to say it again, that God is a lot, for, a lot more merciful and forgiving than people are. Uh, I think God is more forgiving than anyone has ever given him credit for. He's a, lot more, he's a lot more merciful than any preacher has given him credit for. Because people can, you know, people can forgive, but they never forget. And God has the ability to do both. But there is a condition. Oh yeah, there is a condition. God will always forgive and forget if, and I'll come back later, tell you what the if is. You know, people bring stuff up 20 years later. Or a year, I think it's amazing when people bring up stuff a year later. Husband and wife fighting or whatever, they'll bring up something that he did or she did. And you're, I'm thinking, man, that happened, how long ago did that happen? Why haven't you forgotten it by now? Well, there's a reason we don't forget. We, we keep rehearsing it in our minds which is what the Bible would call an evil mind. We keep running it through our pea brain mind. This person did me wrong. This person did me wrong a year ago. This person did me wrong two years ago. This person did me wrong. It's 20 years now and I still remember what that individual did to me. Man, you need to get a life. You need to wake up. Life is too short to carry a grudge like that. It really is. It really is. Okay. How do you live your life knowing, you know, when your sin finds you out, how do you live your life knowing that someone is probably every day always judging you the wrong way? Because they are, you know. I mean, it really is true. You know, and, and if, if your sins have been found out, and you know that you have been forgiven, how do you deal with it? Now, as far as your relationship with God, you can say, okay, I've, I, I know I've been forgiven. But you know, the second point is this, and I, I think this is worth mentioning, that when your sin is to find you out, that a lot of times asking for forgiveness may not be enough. <clears throat> because we have a tendency to say, okay, Lord, I did this stupid thing, forgive me. And that may not be enough. You know, and what I'm insinuating is this. Water baptism, what it represents is the burial of the old man. It, you go down under that water and you bury everything about you, your past, every sin that you've ever committed, it's buried. You come up out of that water, a new man, a new creature in Christ. And what happens at that moment, you have hands laid on you for the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And 
you are given a portion of God's Spirit. And the Spirit of God inside of you gives you power to do things that you normally could not do on your own strength. Okay? And one of the powers that I'm talking about is the power to face your critics until the day that you die. It is a power that you're going to need when your sins have found you out. To be able to confound your critics, yeah. To speak to your critics, yeah. Because I, I'm convinced a lot of times, just on our own strength, we can't do this. So that's why I say, you know, sometimes asking, just saying, oh God, forgive me, it may not be enough. Maybe God wants you to take the next step. Baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit, unconditional surrender to God, yeah. There was a song by Randy Travis, you know, digging up bones, resurrecting memories, uh, exhuming things that are better left alone. I love that song. You know, some people are what I call spiritual grave robbers. They dig up stuff all, it's like, it's their, and these people can be religious, by the way. They go around digging up stuff, their whole lives involved. That's what, it's like, that's what they exist for. Spiritual grave robbers that go around just digging up stuff. And they never let it go. They talk about it. They talk about it in church. They dig up stuff all the time. We know I mentioned that people can forgive, but they never forget. God can do both. But there is a condition with God. God will always forgive and forget if. Biggest two-letter word in the English language. If. If what? Well, let's take a look at it. Mark 11 and verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. It's conditional, folks. You've got to be willing to forgive and forget. And if you do not, God. In other words, when we dig up other people's sins that have been covered under the blood of Christ, forgiven, God starts to remember. When we dig that up, God starts to remember and dig up our sins. It's a dangerous ground to walk on. It really is. So God will forgive and forget if, if we do the same thing. All right. Don't ever forget that. Okay, point number three. When your sins have found you out, what can you do? All right, third point. Uh, is this, what other people think of you really doesn't matter. It only matters what God thinks. And that, I, I know you know that, but it's hard to live your life because we are so impressionable. We are so concerned about other people, what they think of us. Our egos just won't let that go. Oh, I wonder what that person is thinking. I wonder if they think I'm a good boy. <clears throat> ah, away with that nonsense. The one question God will never ask you is, what did that person think of you? What did Joe think of you? He will never ask that question. What did someone else think of you? God will never ask that question. So, get over it. All right. What can you do when your sins find you out? Fourth one. Fourth point. Choose the story you will live in. <clears throat> Choose the story 
you will live. And you know, it, it is really up to you the kind of, you know, what you think of yourself is really your choice. The way you look at yourself, if you know that you've been forgiven, if you know that you've asked for that forgiveness and that sin has been covered, then you're going to have to live in a different story. You, 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 you're you're going to have to stop always the self-condemnation that you're going through. You're going to have to get over that. Because if God is not condemning you, then neither should you condemn yourself. Right? So choose the story you will live in. You know, there's a fascinating story. In Numbers 13, verse 33, the children of Israel, were they, they were sending spies into to spy out the land. And some of the Israelites went up, went up there as spies to look at the land of, I think it was Canaan or whatever. And uh, they went in there as spies. So the idea of a spy is no one knows you're there. Well, let's pick up the story in Numbers 13 and verse 33. And they come back with this evil report. And they said, and we went up there and we saw, you know, giants in the land. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Now, in other words, they went in there to spy out the land, and they looked, they saw giants, huge people that lived, and they make this statement. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Now, no one the giants didn't look at them and say, hey, well, you know, you're like grasshoppers. No, they were spies. They, ne they never saw them, you know. This was all a mental thing. They just perceived themselves as grasshoppers. Worthless, you know. We can't go in there. We can't go into the land. You know, I'm just saying that how you see yourself, how you choose to see yourself is your decision. It really is. No one else can make that decision for you. Every day, you make a decision of how you will see yourself. And it can be positive or it can be negative. It can be bad or it can be good. You can be on God's side or you can be on someone else's side, you know. So you are the only one that can make that decision on how you see yourself. So I'm just saying, don't look at yourself as a grasshopper, you know. Don't let other people's opinion of you you know, don't make, don't let other people make you feel inferior without your consent, you know. And we always give them our consent to, to do just that. We feel inferior because we allow it to happen to us. All right. So choose the story you will live in. Number five, what do you do when your sin finds you out? You know, the sin that has found you out and the fact that you have turned from that sin could be the best thing that ever happened to you. It really is. It really could. Because the Bible says all things work together for good. And we can, you know, again, how you see yourself. You, we can go through life thinking, it's the worst thing, that, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Everybody knows about this. And you can spend the rest of your life hiding out, running, afraid, scared. My point is this, fifth point. Look, if everybody, if everybody knows about it, make a ministry out of it. Yeah. I mean, if you think everybody knows about it and everybody is judging you, why not make a ministry out of it? You know, Paul said this, <coughs> and you're, I don't think you are got to this point yet, but in Acts 22 and verse 4, 
He said, I persecuted it this way unto death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women. Paul, before his conversion, killed people, men and women. You know, that's pretty bad. How do you live that down? That you persecuted and you killed Christians. How do you live that down? How did he live with that? Well, there's a way. In Paul's ministry, there were all kinds of people who remembered him as Saul. Paul relied on the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to confound his critics. And it's the exact same thing you're going to have to do. He depended on the Holy Spirit. He relied on the Holy Spirit to confound the critics. So what can you do when your sin finds you out? Number one, you've got to realize God is a lot more forgiving than people are. Number two, you've got to realize that asking for forgiveness may not be enough. God may want you to take the next step, which is, I want to offer you something here, should you be baptized, and another publication, I don't have it with me, uh, how to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Because the two go hand in hand. You know that, don't you? Receiving the Spirit of God, baptism, receiving the Spirit of God. But it's something that you're going to have to have to confound your critics and added power in your life. You have to have that added power to overcome your sins, to live according to God's will. You know, the, the bottom line is this. You can't do what God wants you to do, what God tells you to do, unless you have the Spirit of God. And it, it's the hardest thing. You know, I've met so many religious people <clears throat> who think they can do what God wants them to do void of the Holy Spirit of God. And they don't realize in order to do the things that you must do, you've got to have the Spirit. You will not even have the desire to do it unless you have the Spirit of God. So the first point in, in conversion is receiving the Spirit of God. And it's something that I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. I mean, they think it's a third being or something, you know, of the Godhead. It is the power of God. It's what the Spirit of God is that you can receive. It is the mind of Christ that you can receive inside of you. God's Spirit unites with your spirit. There is a spirit in man. You're only half, you know, you're, you're incomplete. You're not complete until you receive that other half that you need, and that is the Spirit of God. All right. So, um, all right, third point, what others think of you doesn't matter. It only matters what God thinks of you. And four, choose the story that you will live in. And the fifth one, the fact that your sin has found you out and that you have turned from your sins, you have made a conscious decision to turn away from your sin, you've asked for forgiveness, you know, um, hey, why not make a ministry out of it? Why not tell other people, this, this is what happened, this is, this is what I did, you know, and why not make a ministry out of it? So, what can you do when your sin finds you out? Well, there's a lot of things that you can do, but you don't have to live the rest of your life running, hiding, hiding out, Afraid to face people, af afraid to face your critics. You can live the rest of your life with your head held high 
And you can, while nobody else may know, at least you can know that you've been forgiven and that you are on God's side. Forget what others are thinking or accusing you of. It doesn't matter. It only matters what God thinks of you. And in the end, you only answer for yourself to God. You don't answer for other people. You simply answer for yourself. It is a personal relationship with God is what you're after. And that's all that matters. You and God. And that's what's really in your Bible. Is it possible for you to stop an addiction that is destroying your life? Jesus told a woman caught in the sin of adultery to go and sin no more. It's only possible if you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. Learn the step-by-step -step process for receiving the Spirit of God. Order your two free magazines, Why You Need the Spirit of God and Should You Be Baptized. Having the Spirit of God makes the impossible possible. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.